Here's something to get excited about today on Abounding Grace. Listen, if God can deliver David, he can deliver you. One day you'll be able to declare, God deliver me. He's my deliverer. I don't just know God is your deliverer. I know God is my deliverer. Can you say amen to that, anybody today? Has God delivered you? Can you give him the glory for the great things he has done and continues to do? That's what David is doing here. God, you're my deliverer. And we share in David's appreciation of God's deliverance. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Everyone has a song. Some need a new one, as we'll discover on today's Abounding Grace. As our study in 2 Samuel nears its conclusion, King David is in his latter years, and the song he sings is very instructive. It's a reminder that God is our great deliverer, and maybe that's exactly what you're in need of today as you're in distress. Be encouraged to take that to the Lord. Join us in 2 Samuel chapter 22 as Ed Taylor begins. Chapter 22. 2 Samuel chapter 22, we are coming to the close. We're right around the corner of 2 Samuel. But no matter how dark the days are or how painful the memories might be, we can always praise the Lord. He's faithful. And it's easy to praise him in good times, isn't it? It's easy to praise him when things are going our way, when things are working out the way that we want it, when money's in the bank, when the job is going well, when our kids are walking with the Lord, when our marriage is strong, when our contentment and singleness is there. And I I would say our lips should be filled with praise uh, in those times. We should give God all the credit. Any good thing that happens in my life happens because of the faithfulness of God. And we should praise him in those times. And yet when the dark times come, When difficulties don't stop, our lips should still be filled with praise and worship and adoration of the Father. And this is something modeled for us in the life of David and written down for us in the Psalms. And those of you that read ahead, you noticed in 2 Samuel chapter 22, it looks awful familiar to Psalm 18. With the exception of a couple verses, it's identical to Psalm 18. And the timing of this psalm, or the timing of 2 Samuel 22, remember it's not, now that we're getting to the end, there's a few things that aren't in chronological order. The timing of this is probably sometime after he's king, but before his terrible sins with Bathsheba. And you can really tell when the psalms don't declare it, you can really tell the psalms that were written before that sin and the psalms that were written after the confession of that sin because of the turmoil that unconfessed sin will create in your life. I know you hear a lot as we're teaching through the Bible to deal with sin and to deal with it rapidly. And you may think that that just means that, you know, to be a good Christian and, and to be a good man of God and a woman of God. And, and, and that, that's true. The, to be quick with sin and to be quick to confess is very important. It'll help us grow in our relationship with the Lord. But the reality is, is it will restore our relationship with Him and with others. It's not just being good and doing good things. It's being right with God. 
It's staying in a right relationship with him so that your intimacy isn't broken. As we're breaking off in times of prayer, certainly there are people with us where your prayer life is dry and it's empty. Not because you don't know how to pray and not because you don't really desire not to pray, but because there's unconfessed sin in your life. Because there's something you're holding back on God. And it's hindering your prayers. Over and over again, as we're reading through the Psalms, as you'll see in 2 Samuel 22, David's heart is revealed. He's bearing his heart for us. And we'll see David's heart as he shares of the Lord's mercy in his life and God's grace when it says in verse 1, Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song. On the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my strength, in him I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge. My savior. You saved me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death encompassed me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. David sees the victories that the Lord has given him. He declares God to be the rock. If you like to write in your Bibles, you can circle the word rock and write next to it defense. Because he says the same thing, fortress and my deliverer. He sees life as a war and as a difficulty, and he sees God as his defense, sees God as his fortress, sees God as his deliverer. And you'll see this as a key throughout the psalm. He mentions it, God a deliverer in verse 1. The day that he had delivered me from the hand of Saul, or the day, this was written the day that he was delivered from the hand of Saul. Verse 2, God is my deliverer. If you'll notice reading ahead, verse 18, he delivered me from my strong enemy. Turn over to verse 44. You have also delivered me from the strivings of my people. Notice verse 49. Who delivers me from my enemies, who also lift me up above those who rise against me. Listen, if God can deliver David, he can deliver you. One day you'll be able to declare, God deliver me. He's my deliverer. I don't just know God is your deliverer. I know God is my deliverer. Can you say amen to that, anybody today? Has God delivered you? Can you give him the glory for the great things he has done and continues to do? That's what David is doing here. God, you're my deliverer. And we share in David's appreciation of God's deliverance. Even if some of you doubt that tonight, you hear words that will build your faith, you hear words that will strengthen you, but then your response is so quick, no, but God hasn't delivered me. And I don't think God can deliver me. I don't see any way out of this situation. You can pray this prayer and you can pray David's heart by faith. God, you haven't delivered me, but I trust you to deliver me. You haven't worked the way I've wanted you, but I trust you today. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you're my deliverer. Your word says you're my deliverer. You delivered David. You delivered Daniel. You delivered Nehemiah. I mean, on and on you can go. You delivered Esther. God, you could deliver me, and you need to do that by faith today, that God will deliver you. Who else is worthy of our trust? What man have you put your hope in that have let you down? Men are not our deliverers. God is our deliverer. And he says in verse 4, I will call upon the Lord. This is a song that we've sung many times. It's one of those old school Calvary songs, Maranatha songs. I love it. 
I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from my enemies. You have enemies today? God said, I want you to sing, so I shall be saved from my enemies. I know some of you have enemies. You don't even want enemies. You're like, I don't want this in my life. But that's the circumstances. You can't control those types of things in your life. All you can control is, man, I can call upon the name of the Lord. I may not be able to do anything about these enemies, but I'll call upon the name of the Lord. And things can be, go, can be going so well, and yet distress comes upon us, and that's what causes us to cry out to the Lord. And so in your distress, he says, you notice he, he declares it was in his distress in verse 7. I was in my distress. I called to the Lord. Sometimes that's what it takes. You know, David is one of the most articulate men that, that we read in the scriptures. I mean, you know, Paul writes with such um, wisdom and education, but David writes from the heart. Some of you are more emotional than you, you think more with your heart than you do with your head, like we were learning with the gift of mercy. Well, David, you can appreciate David, can't you? Because you feel like that. You're like, David, it's not words on a page. Those you, you know, you, you, you might even read through the Psalms and say, hey, man, David, you got a key to my heart, man. I mean, we're separated with thousands of years, but I felt what you felt. You felt what I felt. We're kindred spirits. And it's in my distress. Yes, if you're in distress, cry out. That, by all means, it, 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 if it takes distress and you're in distressful crisis today, cry out to the Lord and don't stop crying until God gives you the answer. And trust him. David is so gifted and blessed with the capacity of talking to God, expressing himself in ways that go beyond my ability. The praise is the worship, the acknowledgement of all that God is. There are times in my life where my vocabulary is limited. I've run out of words to say. I don't know what else to say. I can only say, God, you're good so many times. I can only say, God, you've blessed me so many times. And I run out of words. And oftentimes when I run out of words, I open the Bible to the Psalms and I use David's words. <laughs> I don't have the words, but I'll start to pray with David. David gives me words. You know, with this whole stepping out of faith with us as a church, just praying together and reading a book together as a staff together, uh, it's changed and added to my prayer life. And one of the things that's changed is I've started going through, uh, I'm, I think I'm on Psalm 54, 50, 54 today. So for 54 days now, I've gone through the Psalms and just prayed through a Psalm a day. And, and I, I've been writing them out uh, because... I, f I tend to forget things, and it's really good. If I was asking for something 30 days ago, I don't really remember. I mean, there's some things I've been asking for every single day for a long time that hasn't happened, but there are other things that just come upon my life, uh, and I don't remember. So I'll turn back, and I go, oh, God, you're so faithful. And, and sometimes, you know, David, David's, got, David's got some issues. <laughs> you ever have issues in your prayer life? He's got some issues, but one of the things I notice is that God receives his cares because that's what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible says a, a fool vents all of his feelings. Did you, did you know the Bible said that? You know, sometimes when you go off on someone or you're, you're talking at the water cooler and you share a little bit too much and they go, hey, brother, calm down. And you go, I just needed to vent. I just needed to vent. Let me change your vocabulary. The next time you want to say that, say this. I'm a fool. I just needed to vent. <laughs> you go, Ed, how could you say that? Because the Bible says, a fool vents all. There are some things you just need to keep between you and the Lord. 
There are some things you just need to, you, you need to keep between you and the Lord and not vent them. You know, that, that, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That's become a real popular thing today. But the Lord doesn't want you venting and vomiting all over people with your problems. What he wants is for you to go to him in prayer and cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you like no one else. He cares for you and me like no one else, and he knows me inside and out. Oh, are there times to confess sin with one another? Sure, and there's times to really build one another up, but there's some things you don't need to be talking about just between you and the Lord, just your private prayer life. And maybe David will help you in your prayer time as you open up and you begin to pray through and you go, you know, in my distress, I cried out to you. Somebody might be even making fun of you and saying, oh, you only pray to God when you're in distress. Well, the Bible says there's a time to pray. If it's in your distress, let's start there. It's better than not praying at all. So let's just start there in your distress. That's where David was. Verse 8. Then the earth shook and trembled, and the foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down. With darkness under his feet, he rode upon a cherub and flew, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. Now, I just said David was really articulate. And what he's really saying here is that God heard his prayer. God answered. God met him. In the response to the cry of David, God responded. And the response is powerful. He uses language to describe God's powerful response. God's response of movement, of visitations, of obvious care and concern from our God. These were visible, powerful manifestations. And I believe God can use the weather to speak. I mean, after all, in Colorado, that seems to be all that we like to speak about. I just noticing today it was raining, I was taking Jason around and just thinking, I didn't tell him this, but when I got in, I'm like, man, here we complain about what the, the weather, no matter what it is, every day we complain. We don't like the rain, we don't like the snow. You guys like the snow, but maybe you don't like the snow if you had to go somewhere, if you had ice. And so I was talking to one of the sisters, and I'm like, man, we just complain about the weather all the time, but maybe the Lord's speaking to you through the weather. Maybe he wants to use that in your life. Now, some of you are like, well, only you complain. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I like the rain. I mean, it's all right. If you don't have to be out in it. I don't like the snow. God knows that. He loves me. <laughs> Verse 17. He sent from above and he took me, drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. That's a word from the Lord for someone today. God brought you here. God has you on the radio or watching online right now. That's a word from the Lord. You've been confronted. You've been confronted by a strong enemy in the day of your difficulty, your calamity, but the Lord is your support. That's where your strength will come. That's where your strength is. He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord 
and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. In all his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness in his eyes. David doesn't see himself as some great military commander or great king, but as a man who God delivered. That's a place of humility. He could declare of who he is as king, and he could declare how God has triumphed him over Saul, his enemy. And he could declare a lot of things, you know, as we live in a society that loves to identify themselves by what they do and the rank that they have and how far they've gone and how much education they have, which in and of themselves aren't bad things. I mean, if they become your identity, um, that's not so good uh, because those things are like, they're going to pass like a shadow. And David could have identified himself by all that he was and all that God has done and how God brought him up as a shepherd boy and all of that. But instead, he just says, look, I'm just a man who is confronted by my enemies and God delivered me. He gave God the glory. He's God's servant who trusted in Jehovah to win the victories. And it says in verse 19, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. Enemies are confronted. Oftentimes, we're undergoing these constant pressure, and it finally begins to press hard upon us, and we get discouraged. We get deeply discouraged in our hearts. And though God has helped us, and though God has delivered us so many times, we begin to think, oh, you know, it can't happen forever. I know one day I'm going to fall again. I know one day the pressure is going to come back. And yet in our discouragement, we may cry out, but I'm going to cry upon the Lord. I'm going to cry out to him in my distress. When my enemies show up, when I hear about what they're saying, I'm going to call upon the Lord. He's my strength. Jot this down in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 1. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah was in trouble. He just spent the night in prayer. And in the morning after praying all night, in the morning the Lord spoke to Jeremiah and told him to pray and I'll answer. And so God's people learned to call upon him and find his help and his strength many times through difficulty. It's a hard one to see in someone. You might have a friend right now under great stress, under great difficulty, and it's hard to watch them go through it. I've been walking alongside of quite a few people recently, but one brother in particular for many times watching what's happening in his marriage and the decisions of his wife. I mean, it's, it's very, very difficult. It's very hard for me to watch. It's very difficult. And yet in the middle of these great difficulties, the counsel is the same. It's to seek the Lord. Because who, which one of us, you know, hasn't in our time of day, great difficulty really thought somebody was going to come and rescue us? Surely someone will stand up for this. Surely someone will speak up. Surely someone will say something. Surely someone will point out. Surely someone will deliver us. Only to find out that you're in a situation that God alone can, can save. As a matter of fact, they're oftentimes the people we think are going to get us out of it or make it easier on us. It doesn't. They make it worse. And now we're doubly discouraged. 
You, you might even be like David in with Ahithophel, the one he took sweet counsel, became his greatest enemy, his greatest pain. And like David, it doesn't get better, but worse, as enemies in David's life and perhaps in ours see weakness and interpret that as an opportunity for their personal victory. You know, you, you watch in the world the way that the world works today. In order to prop yourself up, you always got to put someone else down. So you know if you're walking around with people that are always speaking negative about somebody, that that's a prideful, sinful response or attempt to make themselves look better. It's always painted in, well, you know what this and what they did and what they did and what they did. I was speaking with a brother recently about some hurt and some offense in his life, and, and I said, brother, you got to watch out. The more that you pound the desk and establish your righteousness, the more self-righteous you become. And in self-righteousness, there's no humility. And even if things are going bad, the one to cry out to when you're confronted in the day of your calamity, the day you would think everyone would leave you alone, the day you would think people would pray for you, your worst day, and then somebody comes and kicks dirt in your face or tries to make it worse, the Lord is my support. Now, if you haven't ever experienced that, God bless you that you haven't had someone kick dirt in your face when you were down. But for many of us, it's common. It's the human condition or maybe some believers that are in the flesh or maybe some people that say they're believers and they aren't. Just know that the Lord is your support. But not just that. Take this too in verse 20. The Lord brought me out into a broad place. And he delivered me because he delighted in me. This is cool. God brought me into a larger place. He turned it all around. It was much bigger than when I started. Yeah, I had my downtime. Yeah, I had my difficult time. Yeah, I was faced with great calamity. Yeah, I got dirt kicked in my face. Yeah, I have all. Yeah, but he brought me into a bigger place, a larger place, because David, through the trials in his life, why was it a larger place? Because David, through the depths of his discouragement and difficulty, enlarged his heart toward the Lord. And God's response to that was bringing him out to a broader place. More freedom. More joy. More excitement. You're listening to Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor and a part of our series in 2 Samuel. Pastor Ed, in today's lesson, David, in his distress, called out to God. And maybe someone listening right now can identify with David on some level. What words would you like to leave them with today? I would say, Larry, anyone that's desperate and in distress, take it to the Lord. And don't think you're bothering him or pestering him. Don't think that he doesn't care or doesn't want to listen. But continue to take your distressful situations, your family quarrels, the fact that you can't see your grandson for 10 years now, you just take that to the Lord. He'll meet you. The Bible says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you, and he does. I want you to know that right now. Separated in your marriage, separated in your family, separated from your employment, feeling separated from God, God cares. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Lord, I pray for those in distress today that you would comfort and encourage them and strengthen them. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. Friend, if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety, go to AboundingGraceRadio.com 
or look for our program wherever you get your podcasts. Have you had a chance to download our free app? You know, this is another great way to take in the teaching of God's Word and download it today by searching for Ed Taylor. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. Even just a quick hello telling us the station you listen to means a lot to us. Maybe you didn't realize it, but Pastor Ed reads these emails. Let us know how we can pray for you, too. You can email us through the website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Go on, email us. We'd love to hear from you. And please remember that Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. We look to the Lord to provide and guide. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Warren Wiersbe's excellent book, The Strategy of Satan. Do you feel as though you keep falling for Satan's tricks, but desperately want to experience victory over the enemy? Well, The Strategy of Satan can help. Warren Wiersbe will not only draw attention to the enemy strategies, but will explain how to overcome. You can defeat the enemy by obeying God's truth. Call us now at 877-30-GRACE, 877-30-GRACE, or go online to calvaryco.store. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from 2 Samuel. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is a messing Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.